I'm a missionary. I get called to purpose. And if I can help change it and make it better for me, I can hopefully also make it better for millions of other people who deserve better solutions so that they can live better lives. You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Brady Burkett. And today I'm joined by our guest, Carrie Ransom. Carrie is a longtime fintech veteran and executive at, at several different startups you've likely heard of, Payoff, Aspiration, as well as Experian. Carrie had an interesting journey through fintech and wanted to get his story because uh, I think it, it'll be really interesting to hear about how he got into fintech and some of the things that, that he has worked on. Carrie, you mentioned that the reason you joined Payoff is your first foray into fintech is their effort to humanize money. Can you explain a little bit behind that and what you were attracted to at Payoff and some of the things you're doing? Sure, happy to, and uh, good to be here, Brady. So I, I was a very reluctant person to join the financial services or fintech industry uh, after having been in startups for uh, about 20 years prior to joining Payoff. And part of the reason I had, had been so skeptical, is I didn't believe there was really an opportunity to change financial services. I thought it was so misaligned with customers, so misguided, so full of, of greed and, and, and problems that I wasn't sure it could be upended. And I met a really charismatic entrepreneur, Scott Saunders, who started Payoff, and he, he convicted me. He said, hey, you can, you can be a critic. And I've shared some of my frustrations with the financial services industry in a number of areas from insurance to banking to uh, investment. And he said, you can be a critic or you can be part of the change that needs to happen in the world. And that really was the, the driver to motivate me to say, you know what? You're right. I am. I'm a missionary. I get called to purpose. And this is a, it's something that if I can help change it and make it better for me, I can hopefully also make it better for millions of other people who deserve better solutions to their financial challenges and financial lives so that they can live better lives. And so from the beginning, a lot of it to me was about making it more human. And I would say making it less invasive in, in their day-to-day lives. I was not driven by money and I felt like the system was forcing me to engage with it at a level that it was imposing on me versus me as the customer really determining the level of interaction that I should be having with my money. And the way that the system has been designed over the last several decades is if you don't engage with it at a high level, you do so at your peril. You cost yourself fees, you get suboptimal outcomes, you end up in products that renew year after year that the provider has very little incentive to reprice or re-underwrite, and you lose. And millions of people the vast majority of people who aren't money motivated or money centric in the way they live their lives are costing themselves 
a tremendous amount of money month after month. And I was one of those because I didn't want to play by the system's rules, even though I understood the system and I understood the game. And I felt like the whole thing needed to get rethought and it needed to start from solving for optimal outcomes for customers. And that that was really what was a key premise in getting me to join Payoff was Scott had such a heart for how this needed to be better. And from the earliest days when we were deciding exactly what sets of financial solutions Payoff was going to offer, we really had that belief system at our core. And so as we were standing up our first product, which was a refinance loan for people who had high interest credit card balances, we only wanted to provide that to people who had credit card balances. We only wanted to provide that to customers who we could save tremendous amounts of money because we really wanted to be an unlender. And we were using a loan product that was a known product as a means to get them to a much healthier, better place. And we had to say no to some people who were fully willing to borrow money from us, but that wasn't the goal that we were trying to achieve. We were trying to create happier, healthier people. And that then walked us into this whole notion of consumer psychology of money. And we created a, an assessment that allowed people to understand their own money psychology and how that could help them or hurt them. And what it really opened up for me was my eyes to, I was actually in the majority of people that the, the people who worked in the financial services industry had a very consistent money psychology and the system made sense to them. The way it was designed, the level of engagement that was required to optimize it, that made sense to them, but it didn't to the vast majority of the rest of us, but we were only allowed to participate in this single system. And that was what I felt like really needed to change. And it really needed to go beyond just product. And that, I think, is where we're now starting to see innovation toward platforms that are centered around a person, centered around a family unit and their entire financial life and understanding the inner workings and the interplay between income and expenses, assets, liabilities, and how to help that person and that family optimize for the outcomes that they're trying to achieve and not just sell people as many products as you can stuff into their wallet or their portfolio. It's a it's a really interesting approach, Carrie, this consumer centered product development. Can you talk a little bit about you know how you think about product development in terms of helping consumers achieve these financial outcomes versus maybe a more traditional model of a profit-focused product development? Yeah, I think it requires a, a much longer-term view of the customer. That is for sure. And you know, the, the interesting thing, Brady, I grew up in a family business. It was a multi-generational family business in a small community. And we were also very involved in the community bank. And I saw that bank firsthand. I got my first bank account from that bank. I got my first mortgage from that bank. And they really viewed themselves and behaved as a support system to a community. They were the ones enabling commerce to occur, matching supply and demand of money in a community. 
and really be, were a foundation, support, not uh, an end into themselves. And as you think about where the financial system evolved, it really got away from that notion. And I think that's where it is going to have to go back to. And now with the technology we have available to us, that can be done at scale with really advanced predictive models and really, really well-designed ethical machines that are understanding people, the, the goals, relationships, outcomes that they have, and then helping deal with a lot of the day-to-day money decisions, money movement that needs to occur. And we haven't had that. That is That to me is where we are headed. There are now great entrepreneurs and visionaries in this fintech world that understand if I do this first and foremost by thinking about the best outcome of the customer and I start to orient toward long-term views, I'm going to do better and they're going to do better. And where the, and that puts all the other financial institutions that are thinking quarter to quarter, year to year with their P&Ls and their earnings and, and succumbing to the pressure that they, they feel, uh, they're going to be at great risk because consumers are going to opt for lower cost, much clearer, better aligned systems that are oriented around them. And, and in many cases, taking a lot of the, the work away, because if you really do, and you go through a, a week in your life or a month in your life in the American financial system, and frankly, most of the advanced world financial systems today, we as consumers are required to interact and engage with money in absurd ways that many of us shouldn't have to actually handle. And I look at it very simply from things such as moving money from one account to another to make sure a bill gets paid. If if I have enough money to cover it and I've allowed a system to do those things for me, that should just happen. I shouldn't have to, to spend even a second doing those things and it should be taken care of, and I should not be at risk for fees, like a overdraft or a late payment or things that are opportunistic fees that are preyed upon people in many cases who shouldn't have to absorb those fees. There certainly right. are people who, do, who aren't proper actors, who overextend, overdraw, do things that they probably shouldn't do, I understand that. And there are costs to those things. But there are a significant number of costs in our system today that are pushed onto people based on assuming they're a bad actor first versus assuming they have well intention. Right. By put, putting all the responsibility on them as a the customer, as opposed to saying, we want to make your life easier, better, more enriched by taking some of this nonsense away. And so I I am really encouraged because I see other people out there like Scott at, at Payoff are now happy money as they've they've taken even a broader vision of what this could be or Andre and the team at Aspiration that I was fortunate to be part of 
um, who's trying to do this across a whole set of categories from investing to banking to in the future credit and other areas as well. And so I think we're going to see these platforms really start to emerge that are people first, life first, and money as much as it can possibly be running in the background. Right. It, it seems to me that you've had a pretty common thread between uh, the work you've done in fintech and your values is focusing uh, the product around improving consumers' lives with regard to financial services. Between the companies you've worked for, uh, between all the products that they've offered consumers in order to improve their lives, is there one product in particular? I know you mentioned uh, lending to consumers to improve their their credit, but is there a product in particular that you're most proud of in terms of the impact it's had on consumers' lives? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I, I would say, you know, there are a couple. One is is the payoff loan because it really was designed to deleverage or unlend to people to really put them in a better place. We we convinced FICO as part of that to publish the actual credit impact that this was having. And that became much better known to consumers and to the community that moving debt off of a credit card onto a term loan had an immediate improvement in credit. And so if they were on the edge of, you know, near prime to prime or prime to super prime, that could, and they were thinking about getting into the market for a mortgage or a significant area that could have a material impact on their future as well. And mm-hmm. so th- those were some of the things that we were able to really get out there by um, launching the payoff loan several years ago. So that one I have a tremendous amount of uh, pride about, and I'm excited to see it having the, the level of impact and the amount of interest that we have saved people because of that. That one, you know, I, I think is great. One of the things that I really loved about Aspiration was the fact that the banking product was all built around this concept of pay what is fair. So it was a no fee, no account fee. And if you felt like you were well served as a consumer, you could tip us. And Mm -hmm. we would take 10% of that tip and we were going to pay it forward to economic empowerment charities that were doing other good to help economically empower others. And we had customers that said, I can only tip you a dollar a month right now, but when I get to a better place, I want to tip you more because I want to see more impact happening downstream. And I appreciate what you're doing. And that to me really started to restore some of my hope that the financial system could really get aligned back to people and back to enablement of communities and not just being this profit center unto itself that was trying to extract and profiteer to the maximum shit of of interest or earnings at every turn. It's a really interesting business model. And I'm sure there were folks at the time who were dubious of a model where you're asking Absolutely. from your customer. So can you talk a little bit about you know how that business model succeeded and, and what you saw in terms of consumer engagement? 
Yeah, it, you know, it was remarkable because it takes, as you can imagine, and, and I saw this, you know, in between those two startups, I was recruited and, and joined Experian for a period of time to really help them think differently about their consumer business. And, you know, the unfortunate thing when I was there is I didn't see the same level of belief. And when I think about belief, when I was at Payoff, we had great belief in our customers. We said, these are folks that want to get to a better place. They deserve the support from us to get there. Let's go help them. And when I was at Aspiration, we had belief that people wanted to do the right things, that wanted to support brands who stood for values that they agreed with, and they would support that with their pockets and with their with their wallets, and they would tip. And the percentage of people that did was enormous. It was it was amazing. And that was based on a belief. And at a place like Experian, again, not because the people there were inherently bad, but they were often institutionalized. And there was a corporate structure that was a public company. And to come to that pressure to say, we've got to take the dollar today, because we don't know that we believe that people are going to um, stay with us, that they're going to really orient. And to me, that completely stands in your way of building an authentic, genuine brand. If you don't have belief in your customers and belief in a higher purpose, you're always going to hold yourself back from really building what you could possibly build that could have the biggest impact on the world. Yeah. It, it seems that this human-centered finance has really been the theme throughout your career across the different areas you've worked. Can you touch a little bit on some of the projects you're working on today? Yeah, it's not surprising, I'm sure, to you, Brady. The things that are really resonating with me that I'm getting involved with are entrepreneurs and startups that are finding other places that have not yet been fully developed for improving outcomes and reducing friction or increasing transparency in areas of the financial world. So I, uh, I'm invested in a couple startups now that are creating banking products for historically very underbanked or underserved communities. One of them is a uh, an immigrant community to this country who, in many cases, it could take them years to get credit, even though they could be coming here with a great job and a great personal income statement, balance sheet, and great credit risk. Feel free to plug uh, these so, if you can. Sure. And so, you know, I'm involved in a couple of companies like that. I'm also uh, involved in a, a company that is at the early stages of helping in the credit area, uh, particularly around helping people more collaboratively improve and share credit with each other. So whether that's family members monitoring and encouraging each other to improve their credit or people sharing credit with each other to help make risk decisions on doing business together or other things, just making that easier. It's a really compelling opportunity with a number of, of areas. But again, increasing transparency, increasing access, and people really working better together. And then one of the biggest ones that I'm excited about is actually, I, you know, I mentioned I, I grew up in a small business family, and this is in the 
commercial equipment financing space. And uh, the small businesses that spend well over a trillion dollars a year in the U.S. buying commercial equipment, uh, the vast majority of that gets financed from dealers, manufacturers, and the terms, the interest rates, the pricing, very little of that is actually done in a true risk-based way. And so there's a massive opportunity to uh, increase transparency, improve rates, pricing, and access to, to better terms for buying all kinds of different commercial equipment from lasers to stoves to vehicles uh, used in business settings. And uh, so that's a trillion dollar a year market that's just ripe for disruption. And so those are the things that get me really excited where there are places to really improve, again, the transparency, the humanity, the experience around how money enables commerce more effectively and more of it stays in the pockets of the people who it should stay in. And if you could inspire a future founder out there to solve one challenge that you see remaining in the market, you know, despite all these companies you've worked with and, and projects you've worked on, in terms of a specific product that you think could have a material impact in consumers' financial lives, what company are you waiting to see or, or what problem are you waiting to see taken on by an, a, a fintech founder? Great, great question. I think the one that, you know, I described it as sort of a high level. I, I still don't think that financial institutions are figuring out, you know, either the existing ones or uh, new ones are figuring out how to really build their models around people and or family units to understand them at that level, sort of that atomic level, and then looking at them almost like businesses themselves that you could look at them as a P&L. They have earning power, they have expenses, they have assets, they have liabilities, and those all have a today and they have a tomorrow. And helping people by understanding what their current situation is, their future goals and vision for their life is, and being that almost CFO as a predictive machine-driven or AI-driven system. And I think that is going to get built. I'm excited to see some early versions of that. And I think it's it's the kind of capability that today only resides for the wealthiest people out there, you know, people who have literally hired CFOs to run their family office, if you will. But that I think that can be accessible to virtually everyone, given the, the technology and the systems and data we now have available to us today. Carrie, it's been great to hear your story. Thank you for joining and sharing. How can folks stay in touch with you and, and hear more about some of the projects that you're working on? Sure. I'm uh, easy to find on LinkedIn. There aren't many Carrie ransoms in the world, so you can pretty easily find me there. I'm pretty active. Uh, I also have my own show focused on uh, Orange County, California, where I live, and the innovators here. And so you can uh, follow that at Accelerate OC. And uh, you can you can follow follow me there or find me uh, uh, at accelerateoc.com. Thanks, Carrie, and, and you know I encourage our listeners to go follow Accelerate OC to hear more about some of the things that that he's working on in Orange County. Uh, it's been great to have you on. Hey, it's been fun. We'll talk soon, Bray. 
Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now on iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.